I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is our Friar Fridays, and we're going to head out right now to our SDCCU uh, fan hotline, and we welcome in the uh, fourth-year manager of the San Diego Padres, uh, Andy Green in Washington right now, getting ready for the three-game series tonight against the Washington Nationals. Andy, good morning. How are you? Yeah, doing great, Coach. How you doing this morning? Ah, doing well. How's the weather there in Washington? Are we in good shape for tonight? Uh, I hope so. I think we got rain all afternoon with 30, 40 mile an hour winds around here, and then uh, hopefully it clears up enough to play the game tonight. We'll find out here soon enough, though. Well, I certainly hope so. Uh, hey, we got Matt Strom on the mound tonight. Matt Strom coming off a, a career performance, going eight innings last time out. Uh, he ended up uh, getting a no decision. I was saying, uh, you know, in the first game of the year, Andy, his first uh, start, it almost looked like uh, number one, he's nervous because he wants to show that he belongs in the rotation, but it almost looked like he was going out there and trying to be a little too finesseful to show that he knew how to pitch rather than really attacking the hitters like he did last year as an opener or coming out of the bullpen. And after that first start, boy, he has really thrown well. Yeah, he's been really good. Uh, made some adjustments in St. Louis, got even better as his last couple of outings have gone on. Uh, I think that first game he came out, uh, Adam Jones leading off the game with fastball through it by him, fastball through it by him, tried to throw another fastball by him. It got hit out of the park, and uh, it got to him a little bit. He changed the way he pitched after that. I think he observed him pretty well at that point in time, uh, uh, pitching less to contact, pitching less in the zone, hoping for chases. Uh, just wasn't him, and uh, he's been really good the last few times out. And you look at our rotation, I don't think you can be anything but pleased with the way these five young guys have taken the baseball and thrown it consistently for us. Andy, Chris Paddock the other day was electric. The way that ball was coming out of his hand, uh, and you know the breaking ball the last couple of starts has definitely uh, gotten better. And, and the thing that's amazed me about his breaking ball, he, he kind of throws it at a couple of different uh, uh, speeds right now. He'll lay one of those uh, slow ones in there, you know, uh, just just to really get those guys out on their front feet. And uh, change-up's ridiculous. But just talk a little bit about the electricity, the way that ball comes out of his hand. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's got good stuff and uh, unbelievable mound presence for a young kid in the big leagues. Just a lot of confidence out there every single day. And every pitch is thrown with conviction. And uh, I think because of that, the fastball really jumps for him. Uh, the secondary has good arm speed and gets guys swinging at the arm speed rather than the baseball. And, uh, he spots up. I mean, it's a really good combination, and uh, he's going to continue to learn, and the league's going to be tough as he goes through it the first, second time, but uh, he'll make adjustments. He's a bright kid, and uh, he's got a bright future ahead, and I think we're all thrilled he's in a Padres uniform, and it always takes me back to the scouts uh, that saw him and wanted him when we had Fernando Rodney a few years back, who was closing out games for us, doing so well. I mean, these things, when they start to materialize in the big leagues, uh, they're an organizational success, and uh, it's the guys out there in the trenches hunting people down for us and finding guys like him and Fernando Tatis. Andy, talk a little bit about Nick Margavich. Here's a guy that's pitched one game 
prior to this season above uh, uh, A-ball. He was Lake Elsinore last year. He got called up. I think the only reason he got called up to double-A was because Logan Allen got moved to triple-A to and they needed the guy to throw a playoff game. What did you see in him, either in tape, maybe at times last year, and what you saw in spring training to make a, a big move for a guy with very little experience? Well, I, th- I think it's what everybody in this organization saw in him. Uh, AJ uh, talked to me in the off season about Nick, about the possibility of bringing him to camp, and uh, I'm thinking this kid's barely pitched in pro ball. But okay, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't really know him personally. It's not me. It's uh, everybody in PD that said he was uh, competitive beyond his years. That he had uh, the ability to handle tough situations. That he was incredibly intelligent and processed games very, very well. And, uh, when you get that, and you couple that with incredibly a uh, hard worker, uh, he stayed in Arizona all off season. Uh, we really value our off season program. He made the choice on his own to be there in the off season. Uh, so we brought him into camp, and he did the rest from there. Uh, he handled everything we threw at him. Uh, incredibly poised, and we were we were very impressed in camp. And uh, I said the first day of camp, every single year, somebody shocks you. Somebody makes the club that you don't expect, and there's you know 65 to 70 guys sitting in that room, and there's always going to be one guy that comes out of nowhere that you don't expect. Uh, he was that guy for me. I think the people that knew him well in the organization, they're not surprised by this at all. Padre manager Andy Green uh, joining us on our uh, Friar Fridays here on 97.3 The Fan. Andy, I got to ask you, the first three years were, were tough here. Uh, they're tough for everyone, but they're no tougher uh, than for the manager. You know, I saw when uh, Bruce Bochy was here, when they went through some real uh, tough times, it really wore on him physically, mentally. Uh, I saw the same thing uh, from time to time with Buddy Black, and, and you were in a whole different situation. It was your first managerial job. The organization's trying to get the uh, farm system up and running, and at times it almost seemed like you had a roster of a bunch of guys uh, that were going to be a tryout camp and and that's not to demean any of the players you had but right now you've got an opportunity I think really uh, for the first time in your Padre career to really be able to manage and and be able to go to that bench and count on some veteran guys coming off that bench to help. Uh, yeah, without question, it's more fun right now. Uh, it's more fun because we've got talented baseball players. We've always had guys who have talent that were fighting hard to be in the big leagues. I think the greatest difference right now is this group collectively believes we have enough to go out and win. Uh, we tried hard to cultivate that belief over the last few years. Uh, it's just so much easier to cultivate it when Manny Machado's in the clubhouse, <laughs> uh, when, when you're young talents in the clubhouse and you're not talking about uh, young prospects and A-ball and double-A all day. And literally 90% of the questions I'd get asked when I'd sit on the sidelines before a game would be right. like, hey, talk about this minor leaguer, talk about that minor leaguer. And I understood where the organization was and uh, knew that it was a process to work through. Uh, now people are asking questions about Tatis and Paddock and Margavishus and Strom. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's a much different spot where we – have a lot of the talent here. All of it, no. We got a lot of it. We got enough of it. And for us as a group, uh, coaching staff-wise, uh, it's easy to believe in this group. Uh, it's got good veteran leadership. It's got the ability to defend the field, especially the infield, uh, which has been a struggle for us uh, since I've been here. Uh, and I think our pitchers feel that on the mound. They know if they get the ball hit on the ground, it's got a really good chance of being an out. And uh, 
I think just collectively, uh, the culture's changed. Uh, AJ, the scouts, player development, those guys deserve a lot of credit for that. Hey, Andy, uh, you mentioned Manny Machado, and, and watching him play uh, third base now on an everyday basis has been fun. I mean, I knew he was good. You know, I'd watch those early games uh, uh, on television, the extra innings package when he was with Baltimore, and, you know, the guy's a, a tremendous defender. He was good enough to play shortstop uh, most of the year last year for both Baltimore and for the Dodgers, but he really hasn't found his stroke yet. He He's a 281 career hitter. He's hitting right around 241 right now. What are you seeing in him? And I think early on, he was really trying way too hard. Uh, I think that first series of the year, he wanted to do something really, really special. That first homestand, I should say. He wanted to do something special for those fans. Uh, it's not often you walk to the dish and you get a standing ovation. Huh. Uh, it might happen once. It happened about 15 straight at-bats. Uh and uh, any human being wants to come through in those situations. So I, I do feel that early on he was that way. On the road trip, he settled in nicely, thought he took a ton of really good swings. Uh, and then through the course of the baseball season, you run hot, you run cold, you go back and forth, and at the end of the season, you look up, he's going to be who he's always been. Uh, we have a ton of confidence in his track record, uh, a ton of confidence in the process he puts forth every single day. And uh, Has he found his groove at this point in time yet? No, I don't think so, but uh, not too terribly far off. And, uh, you know, we're really going to need him on this road trip. Uh, we're going to see a lot of really good front-line starting pitchers and uh, starts tonight with Max Scherzer, and so it'll be a challenge, and you need your best bats coming through in those days. Padre manager Andy Green uh, joining us from Washington on our Friar Fridays. Andy, Fernando Tatis Jr., I, I sit uh, at the games, and, and I just kind of giggle a little bit because you know, I've been watching the Padres since their very first game in 1969 as a 10-year-old boy, and you know I've seen a lot of good players come through here, uh, but this kid is really, really special, and I know he's going to go through the, the, the peaks and the valleys uh, you decided to start leading him off. Uh, what was the what was the deciding factor on giving him an opportunity to lead off? Yeah, I think we started the season uh, pretty resolute on keeping him around the six hole consistently and not moving him around a ton and uh, letting him find his footing and uh, just get off to a good start. And uh, you know, we did that for the first few weeks and uh, seemed like everything that was thrown at him he handled with ease and we weren't exactly. Uh, lighten the scoreboard up so uh we knew always he was one of our best options as a leadoff hitter at the top of the order type a one two type hitter and uh he had done that throughout his minor league career so we didn't ask him to do something he's never done before as a matter of fact his first uh his first two seasons in pro ball were both jump started by his transition from the middle of the order to the leadoff spot uh so he's had a ton of history in that spot uh at least in a short minor league career as much as you can have a ton of history uh and he handled that transition very well in the minor leagues and then we put him up there and he got on base right away for us here at the big league level and he's continued to hit since being inserted in that spot and i i think we're all pretty firm believers when you got good hitters and uh, good baseball players, they perform well no matter what spot in the batting order you stick them. And uh, I think he's evidence of that because we had him down the six. He was hitting, driving and runs. Now he's in the one and he's getting on base and stealing bases. And uh, either way around it, he's a really valuable player for us. And uh, like you said, there's going to be some challenges along this way. Uh, tough arms we'll see on this road trip. Uh, I look forward to watching him rise up and meet that challenge because it's going to be a real challenge. You know, I want to ask you about Ty France. I saw him as a, a young player, as a freshman at San Diego State. The first time I ever saw him, he was, uh, you know, a little bit overweight. He was playing third base, but I remember telling Tony Gwynn, I go, man, that, that kid can hit, and uh, that's what he's done throughout the course of his career, and over the last several years, especially when he got into pro ball, he really changed his body. He's worked extremely hard. He was off to the great start down there in AAA. You guys bring him up the other day. He didn't get in the game 
game the other day, but um, I guess my question would be, how, how do you see uh, utilizing him right now? Because his primary spot is either third base or first base, and those are your two top uh, guys, uh, you know, veteran guys and two highest paid players, and he has been working a little bit at second base, but, you know, he he's only worked about seven or eight days more than I've worked at second base. <laughs> Uh, he's worked. Uh, that's the great thing about Ty. He's worked to make himself a big league baseball player. And to stop for a second, congratulate somebody on that that didn't have the road paved for him, that had to fight every step of the way to get here. Uh, it's got to be fun for him and his family to celebrate that. I probably robbed them of the opportunity by not pinch hitting him the other day, uh, watching him in his first at bat at home. Uh, you hate that. Uh, we put Greg Garcia in there. I was glad Greg got on base at that point in time, but you definitely think about those things at times. Uh, but it's, uh, for Ty, you know, you're right. He's been a first and third baseman his whole life. He's been shagging balls in the outfield in, uh, AAA. He hasn't played in the outfield. He got introduced to second base right before his call up. His call up kind of necessitated by Jose Perella's injury. Uh, we knew this first time around. We're probably going to use him primarily as a bat off the bench. Uh, we'll find an opportunity or two uh, along this road trip uh, to get him a start, uh, maybe against a left-handed pitcher. Uh, I think we see one when we get to Atlanta if they don't change the rotation on us. Uh, but here he'll probably be a primary bat off a of bench. And uh, if we get into a double switch situation where the game's uh, uh, not lopsided, but one way or the other, we'll get him into second base in a big league game at some point in time if that opportunity presents itself. But uh, I think the bread and butter of our team so far has been pitching and defense, primarily infield defense. And uh, uh, we'll make sure that he's got his feet under him at second base before we stick him out there in a big league game. Well, hey, I know you're a busy man. I appreciate you uh, giving us a call today. Uh, good luck. Hopefully uh, we get this ball game in tonight. The last thing you want to have to do is play a double header on this uh, road trip, maybe on either tomorrow or Saturday. So hopefully you guys will get the uh, ball game in and uh, keep this thing rolling. The fans back here, as you know, are, are pretty excited about the start you guys have gotten off to. And uh, have a safe trip and uh, good luck. And thanks so much for the time, Andy. Yeah, good talking to you, Coach. Have a good day. All right, there you go. Uh, Manager Andy Green uh, uh, touched on a lot of things there. Uh, Andy's a good guy, and, uh, you know, like I I said, uh, you know, he's not going to criticize players that have played for him. But let's face it, the roster the last few years, it's been kind of a a tryout camp to a a certain degree here in uh, San Diego. And uh, now uh, things are uh, going just a a little bit better. Uh, We're going to uh, get over and uh, get you a traffic report here uh, shortly. And, again, uh, Andy uh, joined us on the SDCCU. A fan hotline. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 